Well, that was creepy. I guess I'll just start then. Well, how about that? We're good with creepiness. <laughs> Are we? I don't know. I'm glad I didn't start with that. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Not just something real. Well, we're good with creepiness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, context is important, I suppose. That's true. We're talking about the advanced technologies that we're dealing with all the time. So here's the thing. Rich has a computer. How old is this computer? Oh. All you tech nerds way in on this. Five plus, at okay, least. So yeah. This five-plus-year-old computer, I just went to record in a different program. It is a Dell Inspiron with Dude. a... Intel uh, Core i5, seventh yeah. generation. How about that? So it's not new. It's the best generation, in my opinion. Well, um, there you go. It didn't touch the button, and it started recording, and he said it sensed the heat from my finger. I don't know if it's temperature-sensitive temperature or light-sensitive. I, I don't know how liar. it would take it in, but... No there way. are a number of times where, without touching, if you hover over it, it will. And the only logical answer is ghosts. <laughs> yeah, that was the logical answer they're going for. Is ghosts. I was going to say that, uh, you know, um, Bill Gates is watching us, but, you know. That might be a logical answer. There's a meme, something about like. Duck. Wait, did you get your vaccination? Maybe it's picking up on it. That's from what I hear, um, I don't know. My microchip. <laughs> so many There's a theories. Meme. There's a meme. And it's like, it must so have been. for everything, isn't That's it? true, and I'm a big fan. And a TikTok for um, most things. That's true, too. It says, like, it must have been great to be a doctor in, like, the 1300s. It was like, you diagnose someone, like, you got ghosts in your blood. <laughs> okay. Let's get some leeches, see if we can't right. deal with those Anyway, ghosts. they worked with wow. what they had, people. That's right. They, you can only do what you can do and what you have and what you know, and so their thinking was different than our thinking today. Much like... In Christ, our thinking is different than before we were in Christ. Coming. I knew so, that was coming. I set you up for that one. You did. You are welcome. Yes, you did. Hey, you know what? We failed to pray before we started the recording, so let's pray now. Pray with us. On the air. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege of being able to uh, speak to whoever happens to be listening, uh, whether now or later, through these technological means. And uh, Father, I pray that with whatever silliness and, and foolishness we might bring to the conversation, that we would be able to draw attention to your glory and your greatness and that uh, the truth of your word would be clearly conveyed and, and the thoughts that we, um, that we bring to bear on this are logical, that they are reasonable, and that most of all they are rooted in your Holy Spirit uh, directing us. So, Father, based on who we are in Christ, help us to think in accordance with that, that we might walk in a way that is worthy of the calling we've received. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're talking about this idea of out with the old and in with the new and putting off the old self and, and uh, being renewed in the attitude of our minds and, uh, and putting on the new self. And as we're going, as we're transitioning from uh, what we looked at over the last several weeks in Ephesians chapter 4, and the idea that, that Paul is calling the Ephesians, and, and by extension what, what the Holy Spirit is calling us to, uh, is to walk worthy of the calling that, that we've received. And all of that comes out of the first three chapters where he's talking about our identity in Christ and what, what God has done for us in us and is doing through us, not simply as individuals, and it's tempting for us often in, in our day and in our our. Uh, cultural setting to think in terms of individual walk with Christ when the emphasis in Ephesians 
uh, throughout the scriptures, but, but particularly in Ephesians, the emphasis is largely, if not primarily, on the body life, on, on uh, our unity in Christ and, and the idea that God is bringing all things together under his kingdom rule in Christ. So we're talking about Jew and Gentile you know, together under Christ, uh, all of us being reconciled to God and therefore being reconciled to one another uh, as we are united to Christ. So uh, with that in mind, uh, and in, in the, with the background or the backdrop of we're saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. So it's not works that save us, but it's works that come out of that right. because we're created in Christ in, in our newness of life. We're created before we were ever uh, aware of it to be God's workmanship, to do the good things in the church that God has already laid out for us. So then uh, in, in Paul recognizing in his own ministry and recognizing uh, just the, the incredible, unspeakable love of Christ and the incredible, unspeakable, unfathomable glory of God that uh, he's able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that's at work in, within us. He, he says, therefore, in light of all of that, I urge you, and he emphasizes, hey, I'm, I'm saying this as someone in chains for the Lord right now. I urge you to walk worthy, to live a life that is worthy of the calling you've received. You can't earn it. Don't walk in such a way that you're going to try to get points with God. That's dumb and ineffective. Rather, recognize that you can't. Receive by faith the grace that is offered in Christ and then, knowing that you've been reborn, now you are adopted into the full rights of a, of a begotten child of God, you are the wholly loved, wholly accepted child of God, a daughter or son of the Most High King. When you know that, now live in accordance with who you are, in a life that fits not who you used to be, not your natural background, not the stereotypes that, that are typical of these earthly divisions among us. Don't think of yourself in terms of Jew and Gentile. Think of yourself only as a child of God and then walk according to that. So then in the first part of chapter 4, he's talking about this, this diversity that God builds into the church and giving various gifts so that the church can be built up, that we can serve one another, and we can grow into a maturity that, that leads to unity in faith, uh, in, in the doctrine, and in the relationship with Christ so that we are joined to him as we are joined to one another. And the closer we are to Christ, the closer we are to one another, the, the unity, the perfection of unity that ultimately we see in heaven uh, <clears throat> is foreshadowed here in the church today. And he, he, he pushes that that maturity aspect and that growing and then comes into where he is in verses 17 to 24 uh, and we find the core reality that we looked at Sunday that in Christ my new walk this this worthy life this life that fits flows from my new thinking according to my new nature mm -hmm. so it's not me mustering up the strength I'm I'm adjusting my way of thinking. I'm being renewed in the attitude of my mind. I got a new attitude. I got a new attitude like Patty LaBelle. And Sweet potato. I'm, and, and I'm able to do that, not because of the, the positive thinking causing this to happen. It's not some 
you know, law of attraction where I, you know, if I focus on these things, they'll be drawn to me. And Manifested, kind of right. Um, but rather, because I have been reborn in Christ, my nature is new, and God's promise to take out my heart of stone, put in a heart of flesh, to uh, cause his, his own presence in, his, in the person of his Holy Spirit to dwell in us, uh, guaranteeing as a, as a deposit the full inheritance that we have awaiting us in the consummation uh, in, in heaven. And so all of the things that are spiritually true of Christ are spiritually true of us in Christ because of that new nature. When I wrap my mind around that and my, my framework, my worldview, my paradigm, the way I view and understand life begins to align with the reality of God as expressed in the truth of God's word, then my behavior, my, my, my conduct, and my feelings will follow suit. Uh, and, and that's really the whole foundation he's laying here for everything that's going to come. So after this, Paul's going to be Spoilers. focusing in on the, the details of it. And it's really easy for us when we see these, uh, you know, I think the NIV heading says something like uh, rules for Christian living or something along that line uh, a little later on. Maybe it's in Colossians. But but we use these types of phrases uh, actually in, in the NIV 84 edition in Ephesians 4. Uh, it has uh, this the heading for this section uh, as living as children of light, and it, which doesn't even come up really until chapter 5, so it goes through this whole section. Uh, but it's not a, a bunch of rules. It's not about, you know, right. let's check this off and do this and don't do that and do this and don't do that. I mean, he's definitely saying do this and right. don't do that. But it's because it flows out of who you are rather than making you who you are. It has to be in you for it to come out of you. And that's the emphasis we see over and over in Scripture. It's not a matter of meet this moral code and therefore God will accept you when you are perfect enough for him to do so. You'll never be that perfect. That's never going well, to happen. Well, and to piggyback off of that, that doesn't mean that you're not going to, you know, struggle with things and trip up on your own garbage and, you know, whatever from time to time. I think that it's... I've been frustrated with this before where I feel like, why did I just do that? Right. Why did I want to do But I think that's Absolutely. the point. Questioning that, feeling like that's not right within you, that's not who I am, who you are, that's, I think, the difference there. Is, is if you maybe just, I don't know, whatever, pick a, pick a problem, I guess. I, I didn't do this. Don't, go, <laughs> don't come for me. If you steal candy, if you steal candy bars you know, once a day from your local mini mart, and you're fine with that for you know 20 years, and then you you get this renewed attitude, and you give yourself to Christ. Then it, maybe you slip up and steal a candy bar on a random Tuesday. It's the habit. It's what, right. It's what you're used but to. But then you feel like, oh my goodness, what is wrong with me? Why would I steal this candy bar? I didn't, you know. I think that's the difference. It's not that you're not going to mess up. Right. Are you listening, or are you on Twitter? No, you said something <laughs> that made me think of this tweet that I read earlier. Um, from at SaveWretch113, Dana Renee, and she tweeted a quote from John Flavel that, that uh, Flavel said, Brethren, it is easier to declaim against a thousand sins of others than to mortify one sin mm -hmm. in ourselves. And, and what you were saying just made me think of that because, you know, as Christ followers, 
that's foreign to us. We right. still have these, these struggles, the struggle with sin. In fact, I would contend that we only have the struggle with sin uh, as sin as a Christ follower. If we're not regenerate, we might, struggle, right, right. we might struggle with the consequences. We don't want to do certain things because they bring about bad effects. And even, well, but, even you know, non-Christ followers can understand right and wrong. Absolutely. You know? well, yeah, that's part of the, the, uh, the image of God built right. into us. Right. We all have a conscience. Uh, but generally speaking, even even in understanding right, understanding right and wrong, we tend to see it from a humanistic perspective. From you know, it's not right for me to do this, or right. more specifically, it's not right for you to do this to right. me. Um, and so we we tend to look at things from a moralistic, humanistic perspective. But we don't lament sin as sin, as right. heartbreaking to God. Until we have been reborn, reborn and regenerated, uh, and so when we see that now, there's a real struggle, and and so there are many Christians who are really shocked by, man, I you know I thought when I, when I repented and received Christ as Lord, I thought I would feel better, and I actually feel worse. Right. I you know I thought I was a pretty good person, but now. It's like every sermon hits me harder. Every time I open the Bible, I feel worse about myself. And we strive a lot of times in our in our preaching and teaching to try to get away from that, to make people feel better. But I don't think that's God's intent. I think the reality is that we're supposed to feel those things as we are dealing with it. Now that we don't stay in that, uh, and someone described it, uh, the difference between grace and law, uh, or, or religion and uh, a relationship with Christ as being akin to you know the idea of I, I really messed up I, I have to you know I, I hope Dad doesn't find out right. versus I really messed up I got to go talk to Dad right. I got I got to get Dad involved in this so that difference in relationship is, is huge and vast and so that's kind of what Paul is saying here is you know he's going to go on in in, in the following verses. Uh, to say, uh, starting in verse 25, uh, each of you must put off falsehood, speak truthfully to his neighbor for all members of one body. In your anger, don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on you while you're angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. This is all next week's stuff. Uh, <clears throat> he who's been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with his own hands. Uh, uh, that he may have something to share with those in need. Don't let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. So, you know, you've got to... Um, be truthful. You got to not let your anger get control. You got to, you know, not steal. You got to not let uh, inappropriate things come out of your mouth. And he goes on and on. And and it's easy for us as as churched people to get focused in on here's this checklist. Here's what we have to keep doing to get this right. Um, and what he's saying is, you know, that that's the trailer. We need to focus on the tractor. You know, we need to look at what's pulling this. And all of the, all of the things that will follow, flow out of. Here's who you were, before you were in Christ. You were just like everybody else, just like the nations. That's why he uses this term, uh, Gentiles. And some translations will have it even in quotes to to point out because he's made a big deal about it. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile. When you're in Christ, huge difference between Jew and Gentile outside of Christ. And so, um, <clears throat> the that term Gentile comes from the goyim, the, 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 the nations outside of Israel. So as he's saying this, he's saying, 
don't live like the world. Don't live like the unbelieving folks out there who don't know God. They're separated from it. Your understanding wasn't right. You didn't see things rightly. Now, in Christ, you're able to see things differently. And because you learned Christ according to the, the teaching of the apostles and the, the truth of the scriptures, you don't have to live like that. You don't have to think like that. The things that, that used to be important, they're not important to you anymore. They never were important, but now you, you see that. And what the world dwells on and focuses on and values and cherishes it's nothing to you. And, and he says that, you know, as he's dealing with his own things in, in Galatians and, if, and uh, Philippians, you know, he's like, I got all this stuff. I got this great resume. But anything that used to be to my advantage, to my profit, as I saw it as not a Gentile, but as someone outside of Christ, Gentile on this use, <clears throat> that's all like rubbish. That's, that's garbage. It's dung. I don't want that anymore. I want what's real. I want the real life. This, all of the stuff I've been chasing has left me hungering for something real. And I want to connect that. Go ahead. And I think uh, that we do that a lot when, when it comes to maybe especially material possessions or relationships or whatever else. I think you mentioned on Sunday... Uh, uh, a God-shaped hole, <laughs> and you try to fill it with other things, uh, and and you're always going to end up wanting more and more and more, and you might feel content or fulfilled for a minute, <laughs> uh, but the idea of always wanting more and never quite feeling, I think contentment is a huge thing. Hmm. Um, not necessarily, I, I don't think that happiness... Just listen to Paul McCartney and John <clears throat> Lennon talking about that in separate interviews back in the day. I was going to say, day. what song is that? No, and I think that contentment and happiness are two different things, but I almost think contentment is more important than happiness, mm. um, my opinion. I, I think you can make a very strong biblical case for that. Uh, but when you are trying Considering to... that we are commanded to be content, we are never commanded, commanded to be happy. Well, then I so. rest my case. Um, but I think that in order to be content, you are you got to stop searching, I think, and you have to find the thing that... It's like that TikTok I sent you. Yeah. Um, the only way... TikTok, not TikTok. My breath might be an issue, but you know, that's... I tried chewing gum and it was a mistake with my teeth. Um, I got my wisdom teeth out the other day. So anyway, uh, I'm not content about that. Personal insights. Yes. Um, what was I saying? Oh. It's left her with a tooth-shaped hole. <laughs> the God-shaped hole has been filled. The tooth-shaped <laughs> hole is Still not. alive and well. Um, it has to be something that you are willing to do, willing to, to give yourself to that. Um, and it's much easier to go out and buy a new pair of shoes than be willing to give so much of yourself when you're constantly looking, what can the world give me? Hmm. Thinking, what can I, I have to give up everything in order to feel, fill this hole and feel contentment. Yeah. I think that's like, you kind of have to flip your way of thinking and that's <clears throat> not easy. Um, right. but what is? I think it's interesting that you use the example of, you know, Easier to go out and buy a, a new pair of shoes to, to try to, to deal I with that. Because <laughs> is that the lyric? Uh, because I think it's easy for us to to jump to uh, you know more obviously worldly or, or more obviously sinful uh, things. Not that buying shoes is sinful. 
Uh, but it can be, you know. If you're so behind the scenes. If you're, if you're trying to fill that hole, I mean, right. if that's what you're doing, is trying to, to deal Replace with that contentment. That, right. um, but, but our minds naturally go to, oh, you know, getting drunk, doing drugs, you know, doing, you know, whatever Oh, that wasn't kinds what I was things. thinking, but you're right. But, but if we're trying to, I, I think that's the, the, the significant part of what you said, is that you weren't thinking about that. But naturally, we, we do. You know, why are people doing all these things? In fact, that was literally what uh, John Lennon was saying and talking about people doing drugs is we need to be looking at not how to regulate it but why are people doing it what causes mm-hmm. us to do that and it was that lack of contentment that that takes us in that direction i've written a lot about that throughout this uh pandemic uh people are already starting to note the mental health effects of this pandemic are going to go on for years and right. years yeah. and po- you know it's it's the mental health issue is a pandemic in and of itself it's uh, going to take a major transformation and right if i may it's going to take a renewing of the attitude of our minds. But the but a, a pattern that people are seeing rehab centers throughout the country, therapists throughout the country, is people have turned to substance abuse and alcohol throughout this pandemic because it's a way of coping. It's a way of kind of numbing yourself in a I way would, to the reality of the situation. And I would bet, I don't know if there's statistics out there. I'm sure there are because there's statistics on everything. But I would bet you'd see the same thing with online shopping. With yes, that is true. I've written about that. And, yes. and so on and so forth. As we're trying to address that lack of contentment. And some and people have taken it the opposite way. You might think it's a good. Some people have gotten in really good shape and started exercising. Right. Some people have taken up new hobbies. Which and that's seems not... like an inherently good thing right. from a humanistic right. perspective. But again, even those things that are good, that are innately good, when they are done to replace God, they become right. idols. Just, and then they become specifically wicked and right. evil. And, you know, it's weird to talk about exercising right. as wicked and evil. It's just Or buying shoes as wicked right. and evil. It's just interesting that, what it is. that people come to those places looking for those things when we're left alone yeah. with our own thoughts and nothing else to distract us. And we often don't think of it that way, but that's right. what it is. When you have no distractions and you're just forced to sit there and be with yourself... Right. That's scary. If you're, if you're. Well, it you is, know. and we're we're used to, and, and this isn't particularly new. This has been, you know, for virtually all of my lifetime, and we all know I'm getting old. But uh, I'm as old as Tim Tebow. I found out today. There you go. Which makes me feel I don't know. Um, I thought I'm, he was way older than me. <laughs> he is much larger for sure. But anyhow, as. Uh, as you know, you just look back over history, and in the especially the latter part of the 20th century mm-hmm. into today, we just don't have the existence of silence very often. The sound of There's silence. just not very much quiet and stillness. We're filling, you know, we're, we have Alexa play background music to our lives all the time. So the soundtrack of our lives is rolling all the time. <laughs> And <laughs> you have Alexa set up no, on your I, phone. No, I so, like. I sometimes I've said things so in my like, so Google. So I didn't say, "Hey Siri," right? But you know, <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, that's true though, and that's why my my favorite verse in the Bible is "Be still and yeah. know that I'm God." And I have that it's on my on gu- your guitar. I have that on my guitar it's because I need to remind myself of that because I grew up in this generation where everything is go 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 go. We expect things instantly, right. and I fall victim to that. And I need to remind myself to be still right. and be okay with that. I noticed that with myself as well. If I'm sitting down to eat a bowl of cereal or whatever. I'm going to put on a YouTube video. I'm going right. to put on something. It's always got to be something. I'm going to have a, a podcast playing or some music playing. There's noise. And for things to just be quiet, mm-hmm. it, it's 
unusual, which is one of the things I love about our contemplative Good Friday service mm-hmm. that, that we have is it's so different it's uncomfortable than our in a good normal way. service. And, right. and for some traditions, that that's right. relatively common. For us, that's not common. And um, to, to have guided prayer is unusual for us to begin with, to have just a series of, of readings, recitations, and silence, to have those periods of silence. So we'll have some where we're praying mm-hmm. silently uh, and meditating with the piano playing in the background, but that's not silence. Right. Then you have those times when there is no background music. There is no piano playing in the background. It's just dead air, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And it's really awkward. It's really uncomfortable. Because as you mentioned, it, it leaves us alone with our thoughts. Mm-hmm. We have to then encounter what's going on inside and also, it gives us space to encounter God, to actually not be taking in new content, but to listen for Him and to pay attention. And I don't want to make it seem, you know, excessively mystical, but but there's there is something there's, in the silence that that gives that space. There's a uh, I'm going to talk about my job a lot today, but um, I've also been writing a lot of articles about mindfulness, <clears throat> and it's kind of being thrown around as a buzzword in different industries, especially the marketing world, but... It is. <clears throat> but at it, at it its, makes it very uncomfortable when I want to use it, but there's a lot of right. loaded meanings with it. But at its core, it's essentially, you know, focusing on the present. And one mm-hmm. illustration that I've seen used for it is, you know, if you're practicing mindfulness, thoughts are still going to come in. And when you're in that present moment and you're focusing on, you know, whether you're focusing on your breathing or whatever, these thoughts are going to come in and the object is, I guess, to essentially let them pass by like a cloud. You can't grasp it. You can't hang on to it. You're not thinking about the mistakes you made in the past. You're not worrying about the future. It's just being mindful in that moment. And Mm -hmm. from uh, the perspective of uh, a Christ follower or somebody who is kind of being drawn to that, I think focusing on that present moment and like you just said, allowing yourself to focus on God in that moment right. and allow that to, to, to permeate inside of you, I think, is is a good definition of mindfulness that takes away the buzziness of it. It is interesting because, you know, mindfulness being largely used from Eastern mysticism mm-hmm. and, and coming to us um, largely from that. And yet one of the issues I've always had with it is that concept is more specifically mindlessness right. in, in emptying right. yourself right. And, and you know as you're as you're opening yourself up and emptying your mind you're doing exactly the opposite of what the bible commands which is to be self-controlled and alert to to take your thoughts captive and when we are emptying ourselves and allowing things to just pass through us mm-hmm. in this state of being mindful but really actually mindless right we're we're allowing our 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 senses our being to be exposed rather than taking it under uh, taking it captive and, and being self controlled and alert. So the the difficulty but clearing the clutter away. Abs- that's absolutely crucial. Right. And and this is where we run into so many issues. And this is I guess why. It's important that Paul lays this foundation for our morality, for our thinking, is that it has to flow from who we are in Christ. Right. So when we see things, there's so many things about Christian yoga, and I have a real problem with that. I Not that I have a problem with stretching. Yoga. I mean, I, yeah, I have a problem <laughs> I have personally a phys- stretching. I have a physical problem. But I, I don't have any opposition right. to, to what you're doing 
physically. But the nature of yoga is inherently a physical prayer language. So this is what we're doing. It's the nature of it. And so by putting ourselves in these positions where not those yoga positions, but in these... Putting yourself in downward but, dog. But putting ourselves in the position where we are welcoming in things from false religions, things from uh, things of the world uh, that are alternates, alternatives to the truth of God's word, and then trying to line it up like it's just all okay, puts us in a position where we are not being renewed by God's word in our minds. But isn't that with everything today? Every, every, Absolutely. Everything is yeah. all okay. And that's everything, right. You know. And so when we declutter, that's good. The problem is nothing ever stays decluttered. Right. So what Especially we, when you have a three-year-old. What, what we fill it with matters. Right. You know, if I, if I, you know, empty something out and I fill it with something else, what I fill it with is important. Mm-hmm. And so people will call us to be open-minded today. But once you've filled it with the right stuff, you don't want to be open-minded anymore. When, you know, if I've got a box full of treasure... I don't want to dump it out so that somebody else can pour their junk into it. We want to make sure that, that we are discerning and controlled. And so our, our new way of thinking has to flow from, and, and naturally does, our thinking is always going to, to flow to a large extent from who we are. Right. So if I'm not in Christ, I can't think right. in Christ. My intellect is darkened at that point. If I'm in Christ, then I have a more natural draw to Christ. I'm able to see things. The Holy Spirit is guiding me into all truth. But I still deal with the world, the flesh, and the devil. So I, there is an effort that is required. And that's one of the things as we're, as we're seeing all of this stuff that's going to come out. It comes from this idea that there is still an effort that needs to be made. It's right. We're living uh, from uh, Colossians 2.6, which I think was our memory verse a week or two ago. Um, as, we're, as we're seeing how to live in Christ, Paul says to the Colossian church, as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, in, in the same way that you received him as Lord, so continue to live in him. Well, how'd you receive him? By grace, as the Holy Spirit moved you to do so. But you still had to have a responsible choice to receive him by faith. So it's by grace through faith that comes not of yourselves but from the Holy Spirit. This is the same way that we live. We live in the grace of God uh, as he is, as Christ is living in and through me, not me living in such a way uh, as um, as to earn a relationship with him or anything like that. Um, but I'm walking in this newness of life right. that he has already given to me. Mm. And so when I see Christians uh, and, and you know recent uh, blog, uh, we we're talking about this idea, we can't go along with the world and celebrate sin. We can't be, you know, we can't call ourselves loving if we are denying the world truth. If we're going along with, with the modern ways of thinking that say, you know, you should be able to do whatever you want. You're born this way. You can do, you know, all these different things. It's not really sin just because, I don't know, the one who defines sin calls it sin, you know. And so then we celebrate things like the entire um, LGBTQ, just say it. Uh, 
spectrum of sins. Not that that's not that those sins are greater than any other sin, but they are still sins. And the reason that they are specifically called out in detail in Scripture, there there is a difference in nature. There's a there's a natural versus unnatural that's right. there. But but that along with heterosexual immorality, along with gossip, along with disobeying our parents, these are things that are specifically called out uh, as as those things that fit people who will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. And the reason for that is because we are so quick to write it off as not sin. Well, not only that, but it's like you just you just used the word, and I think this is the important key, celebrating those things. Exactly. It's, it's one thing, like, like if, if a, uh, somebody on, in the LGBTQ plus community came into our church, they would be more than welcome in our church. You're and, not going to stop preaching. That has happened. You're We've not going to stop preaching truth, right. but... That's. I think that Christians often, you know, get this uh, rap in the in the in that community that you know, you're a, you're a bigot if you feel right. that way, and that's not the case. And we have churches who are willing to throw away God's right. word to say, right. well, we want everyone to be welcome. But the difference is, so does right. every other church. Welcoming is different than celebrating, right. um, because you know, using other examples, you wouldn't celebrate a child who you know smacks their mother, you know, or whatever. That wouldn't be celebrated. Or an adulterer or right. a drunk driver. Those things are or, not celebrated. You know, or uh, or a domestic abuser. We're right. not we're not gonna have parades celebrating them. Right. They're sin. And that person could be um, And they're predisposed to that. Exactly. Or you know, somebody who who does, struggles with that even and, and, and but that's who they are. Right. And they'll they'll say that's just who I am. That's blah 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 blah. And we don't celebrate that. So I think celebrating is, is a different story. And I will tell you from a personal struggle in our own little community here, I have had a hard time uh, just within the last couple of weeks. There are businesses and organizations within our community that I I have supported and right. I frequent uh, you know, restaurants I eat at and things like that who are celebrating this. And I've had a really hard time now being like, well, I really want a burger from this place, <laughs> but you know. Some of whom and, claim Christ. Right, and and I, 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 it's not my place to judge those, those individuals, but at, from their business standpoint, I'm having a really hard time uh, supporting that because I'm thinking to myself, am I, if they are openly celebrating this by me buying, you know, uh, uh, a piece of pizza, am I then, you know, celebrating it as well? And that's something that I'm struggling with because I certainly don't want to have that uh, association that, that I feel like I'm celebrating that, or I'm just saying, well, it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's all right. It's no big deal. Um, and I, I get that some people are going to be like, well, how is a hamburger going to I think that is a mandate of God, actually, that, that we need to be clear in, in the distinctions of who we are. Now, there is no set line. The Bible doesn't, doesn't say go to this restaurant, not that restaurant. Right. But we do need to recognize that in our own lives, we are called first to be set apart, but also to speak the truth in love. Mm -hmm. And if we don't stand as different, then we are... It just as a, as a matter of fact, lying to people. And we are telling them that things are okay that are not okay. We are harming them. And that is not a loving thing. That is a hateful thing. And uh, you mentioned not judging. I'm going to say something that's going to sound very judgmental to some people. Um, and I pray that your eyes, the eyes of your heart will be enlightened to understand this. But the reality is we all stumble. We all sin. But a Christian, one who follows Christ and belongs to Christ, 
cannot celebrate sin. That is not something a Christ follower can do. And so when we claim to belong as children of the Father God, we claim to belong to Christ, and we celebrate the opposite of what pleases God. We celebrate the things that break his heart, the things that the things that Jesus died to save us from, and we celebrate not him, but the sin, then we are trampling the blood of Christ underfoot all over again. And we cannot, with any reasonable sense, call ourselves Christ followers. So somebody's going to be really offended by that. Uh, I'm, I'll pray for you because that's just, that's just truth and I can't get away from it. And so my job isn't to try and spin it or make people feel happy about it. My job is to tell the truth. And I think I borrowed from Vody Bauckham recently and in, in, probably in the sermon uh, to do that again. And I don't, I'm sure he stole it from somebody else. <laughs> I don't write the mail. I just deliver it. And, and so as we're sitting here talking about the mail, we're, we're uh, at the end of our time and beyond it. So I want to wrap this up with really the idea of what we're supposed to do. If, if, if as a Christ follower, as a child of God, my new walk flows from my new thinking according to my new nature, then where do we go? What do, how is that supposed to look? What do we have to do to, to take hold of that? And we're going to see how it looks over the next coming weeks as we get into some of the details uh, of what a Christ follower thinking according to the new nature does in conduct. Um, but for today, I want to wrap up with the idea that living that reflects the reality of Christ flows from thinking that reflects my identity in Christ. So from what Paul is telling us in, in this section, Ephesians 4, verses 17 to 24, and particularly in verses 22 to 24, living that reflects the reality of Christ flows from thinking that reflects my identity in Christ. And he tells us to remove the old junk, to, to put off the old self, and we use the, the illustration of Lazarus uh, coming out of the grave, that he was alive, but he was still wearing these old grave clothes. And Jesus said, take, take that off. Loose that man and set him free. Um, and, and so the idea here in putting off the old self is that grave clothes do not fit the resurrection life. If we've been raised to a new life in Christ, we need to put off that old self. We've got to you know, pack up our old clothes. They, they don't fit us anymore. Um, <clears throat> Secondly, it says to receive a new, look, a new outlook, to be renewed in the attitude of your minds, in the mindset, that, that paradigm, that outlook, uh, needs to be renewed by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. And, and that's a Romans 12.2 moment. Don't be conformed to the pattern of, of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. We're inundated with worldly thinking. We need to flush that out with godly thinking according to the scriptures. We need to connect the reality of God to the realities of life, as it were. Um, so receive a new outlook. Old thinking, thinking like who we used to be, is, is the way the Gentiles think and the, and the futility of their thinking, leads to old kinds of feelings and old kinds of behaviors. We're going to do and feel what we used to do and feel before we were in Christ if we continue to think the way we thought before. So we need to have that new attitude. <clears throat> and then lastly, he says uh, in, in verse 24 that we are to remember 
our new identity. We're to remember who we are in Christ, to put on the new self, um, because who we are, our new nature in him, determines what we do. If I continue to think of myself as a sinner in need of grace, rather than recognizing that in Christ I am now a saint who has been saved by grace, my nature has been changed. I'm no longer darkness, but I am light in the Lord. He's going to tell us that in a little while. So I need to then act, walk like, live like a child of the light. I need to recognize what has been changed, and I have been fundamentally changed by Christ. And that needs to show up in the way I think. And when it shows up in the way I think, it will show up in the things that I do. And we will stop there because we are way over. Uh, surprise. Because uh, we're never way we're over. Never way we're over. just going to start calling this a 40-minute podcast. No, because then we'll go for like 50 minutes. <laughs> That's what will happen. It'll be an hour. Uh, but thank you guys for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to uh, send us an email at somethingreal at reallifeonline.org. You can also leave a comment or message on Facebook or YouTube. Um, and Facebook is just the Real Life Community Church Facebook page. And I think if on YouTube, if you're trying to find uh, our page for the first time, you just need to type in Real Life Three Oaks. And you can also find our uh, Sunday services on there, the live streams. Um, so you can check that out. You can also give us a call and leave us a voicemail either on the Anchor app, if that's how you're listening to your podcasts, or uh, give us a call at 269-756-RLCC. Don't forget to follow us on our new Twitter page. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I should know what that is. Something Real One? Something Real P, I think. Something Real P for Podcast One. Something like that. We're on there. Just look for Something Real on Twitter. You'll find it. We're it on there. It does come up. It does come up. We're there. We're, we're not square. We are pretty square. Um, I didn't talk about One Calls the Heart at all, so... Wow. You're welcome. And, and this was the one <laughs> episode you were really excited about. Very happy It's just because I'm so happy and have no grievances to air out. So, <laughs> so we skipped something so we to skipped rant about So we skipped something today. to rant about because I am happy. Goodbye, everybody. Peace.